Welcome to Restart Radio, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a different show because unlike most, we do not focus on all those new shiny, shiny things to buy. Instead, we focus on the value in the stuff we already have. The Restart Project aims for a shift of behavior towards a more sustainable and a happier relationship with electronics. And our monthly community electronics repair events here in London that we call Restart Parties are just the beginning. My name is Janet Gunter, and I'm joined by Ugo Valaudi. Hello. And we're co-founders of the Restart Project, and we're really happy today to be joined by uh, David Mary. Good afternoon. Yeah, um, David is a Restart volunteer, long-time Restart volunteer, very iconic in his look, um, <laughs> but you, our listeners, might not <laughs> know that. He, um, and he's also a, quote, productive irritant, <laughs> meaning he's an activist in different areas, including civil liberties and repair. So we're here to talk to David today about Apple's post-sales service and the famous Genius Bar. So um, Apple products, they're seem to be premium products, and we do pay a premium for them. And they aim to provide excellent service, but everybody has different experiences. And actually, the way in which they provide service has subtly changed over the years. So we're going to have a chat about that. Um, we're going to start with a little bit of a history about the Genius Bar. And then we're going to go into um, some uh, geniuses who are telling all, <laughs> um, even though they sign a very rigorous non-disclosure agreement. There are some brave ex-geniuses who've shared their experiences on Reddit and actually personally with us. Um, and then we'll talk about some tips about how to get the absolute best out of Apple service if you own any Apple gadgets. So, um, Ugo, we, we spotted an article, I think it was a couple weeks ago, saying that Steve Jobs was very much against the idea of the Genius Bar. Yeah, we thought that was quite funny. So when it all comes down to back in 2000, when Apple hired uh, Ron Johnson to create a, and then run its first uh, retail stores. So apparently he had an immediate opportunity to learn what it's like to work with Steve Jobs. And he had this great idea for creating a space central in, in the stores uh, for people to get some support. And... Uh, and he was called back uh, after he submitted this idea, and uh, Steve Jobs said, thanks uh, for, for coming back. And, uh, well, I, I didn't like very much your idea, but that's okay, let's talk. And then, so he said, well, you might have the right idea, but here's the big gap. I've never met someone who knows technology, who knows how to connect with people. They're all geeks. You can call it the geek bar. <laughs> okay. And, and so what was interesting there is um, Ron Johnson said, well, Steve, kids who are in their 20s today grew up in a very different world. They all know technology, and that's who's going to work in the store. Huh. What do you think about that, David? <laughs> the comments from some uh, uh, people who worked at Genius Bar seems to... Um, I mean, to confirm uh, that uh, Steve Jobs might have the, had the right idea at that time, uh, since it seems that the recruitment process is based very much on uh, uh, what the retail experience uh, uh, is and how empathetic they are with uh, customers. So much more uh, um, focus on the human side than on the technology side. Yeah, we'll get back to that when we get to the um, testimonials from, from geniuses. I do think that the word genius has 
somewhat, um, I don't know, in a sense, reinforce the notion that uh, that we as consumers shouldn't try or that it's a little bit beyond our capability. And it somewhat reinforces this, um, well, this binary. There's people that know about it and there's people that are just kind of, um, you know, the passive users. Um, but one thing we have noticed is that actually the Genius Bar has very much changed over the years. So it used to be actually set up like a bar. There used to be, um, uh, the, I believe there still is a waiting list kind of panel somewhere in the store, but it used to be very much like the geniuses stood behind a bar and you approach them. And uh, I actually went, uh, I believe, in the last two years. And I'll disclaimer, I got quite good service, even because I was just on the edge of my um, of my rights um, in relation to service. Um, and in that instance, I sat. Somebody came and sat right next to me, and and kind of it was a very level experience in a way. Um, and the diagnostics were performed like right next to me instead of over a countertop. Um, so I think that things have changed. And I've also, we've also read that the new effort is to rebrand the Genius Bar as the Genius Grove. There are all these rumors about this. Yeah, it's actually now called the Genius Grove. And as of August, I believe, 2016. And what's funny is we would have liked it to change the name Genius, not the name Bar. Instead, we're still yeah. stuck with Genius, but we got Grove. <laughs> and what is the Grove referred to, Ugo? Well, apparently, and I don't know if this is consistent across the whole of all of the Apple stores everywhere, um, the Grove has to do with some eucalyptus tree in the actual store. Well, I think I read that that they claim that they'll be getting local tree, trees local to the ecosystem or environment and putting them in the store. The, the trees that I've seen on the photo, photos of the first ones are indeed eucalyptus trees, which are extremely thirsty trees and not necessarily the most ecological ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we'll see how the, the concept develops, um, but we're going to talk about today um, about people's experience working as quote-unquote geniuses. Um, and we're going to go through how things probably have changed, but there's some continuity across during um, during the past uh, couple of years. So um, we we asked our uh, researcher Lauren to take a dive into the Reddit um, Ask Me Anything's, and there's actually quite a few Reddit Ask Me Anything's by um, anonymous ex geniuses. Now none of these can actually be. Um, fully confirmed for their um, for their veracity uh, because it's all anonymous. Um, I believe we're quoting people who worked as Apple or who say they worked as Apple geniuses from about 2012 to last year. Um, and the first thing we're going to start with is uh, the way in which um, the way in which geniuses deal with uh, telephones. And uh, but we'll we'll let Lauren uh, explain here. The fact that there are so many Ask Me Anythings on Reddit by ex-Apple geniuses kind of speaks for itself. An Ask Me Anything poster from 2013 said simply, it's cathartic. Most of them offer some kind of proof that they really did work at Apple, without giving themselves away. A genius from 2012 describes the protocol with giving away replacement phones. We never do any serious repairs on the phone at all. The only things we can replace on the 4 are the camera, vibrate motor, and battery, none of which requires major teardown, just a few screws. The X-Genius lists the main problems that occur with each phone, 
For the iPhone 4, it was the home button. For the 4S, it was the caller can't hear me or I can't hear them. For the 3G, it was the vibrate switch. In all cases, the solution was to swap the phone. Since then, Apple has added screen repairs to its services, but it's notoriously difficult for third parties. A poster from last week who recently left explains why. In the Genius Room, there is also the calibration machine for screen repairs. Basically, a genius will remove a smashed screen and put the new one on, and then put it in this large machine which then calibrates the display and touch ID button for the phone. This is the main difference between getting a phone repaired by Apple and third-party repairers, who don't have access to these calibration machines. More often than not, failures to fix the phone are a design problem, not the fault of the geniuses. The 2012 poster says, We don't get much information about what actually causes many hardware failures. We just see them and we deal with them. So, um, things have changed slightly over the years in what relates to phones. Um, but, uh, and, and the geniuses that we also reached out to, who also wanted to remain anonymous for obvious reasons, had some input about how Apple deals with phones, and which has been a topic of discussion, I think, um, especially given that they're advertising these repairs. Yeah, there's different issues. Uh, one of the geniuses who actually stopped working there at the end of 2013 um, told us that in a way uh, the iPhone became more repairable over the years while the Mac uh, became more like the iPhone and less repairable. And, uh, and the second one uh, who worked uh, up to last year at, uh, at Apple said that screens, batteries, rear cameras, receivers were the only in-store phone modular repairs available. Um, and other parts on the phone uh, that Apple does not repair in store, such as a replacement charging port, um, are much harder in newer models, according to his uh, belief, at least, limiting not authorized repair. Okay. And David, what's your experience with mobiles and Apple? So I had an experience with an iPhone 5 that had two, developed two faults. I mean, one was the uh, power button was getting harder and harder. And the other problem was the uh, uh, camera showed some dust uh, that was inside the lens. And so I went to the Genius Bar and believing that the phone was probably still under warranty, you know, it's one year warranty, and uh, um, found out that the phone was five days out of its warranty period. <laughs> and I didn't have any of the paperwork because the phone had been given to me. Uh, and the uh, Genius um, offered to repair it for a hefty fee. And so and suggested that I might try to find paperwork that would show it was still on the warranty. Um, so it, it seems <laughs> that okay. So this <laughs> is the one area that I have most you know been questioning the way it works, the way what happens behind the scenes, as it were. What is the flow chart that they're working with? <laughs> because <laughs> because I have received a service in that gray area just outside of of the warranty, and it seems that they have a, a, a fair degree of discretion that. Is that your experience? Uh, not of the not of the first level of mm. uh, genius you talk to. Mm. Uh, that's that, that they seem to have no discretion whatsoever. And the uh, uh, what's what's interesting in the, in the process there in the flow chart is that they obviously have uh, very detailed uh, information about when the phone was purchased or what is delivered and kind of the, on the life of the life of the devices. Um, uh, they seem that they probably have more information than uh, most customers might even have. 
uh, if they don't uh, uh, keep all the paperwork and all the things. Yeah, that's true. And I, th I think the area that, well, when we, when we scanned uh, Ask Me Anything from Reddit, we were rather surprised to hear of these uh, quote-unquote magic moments, this notion that the geniuses actually have discretion to, <laughs> in some way, um, give away equipment um, to people that would be otherwise uh, horrendously disappointed or feel somehow cheated, um, but that this happens in a potentially not necessarily a systematic way. So we'll, we'll pull a story that Lauren um, pulled to illustrate that. From a reuse and repair perspective, one of the most concerning things about Apple is the culture of magic moments, or upgrades that seem unwarranted and are intended as a sort of happy surprise for the customer. According to another user posting last week who says they worked to late 2015, there isn't a limit of free stuff you can give away. You can also give away a bunch of stuff because you, as a technician, suck at A, fixing, or B, getting through a social situation. The poster tells the story of one such magic moment. I remember a lady had parked her car and tried to bring her iMac into the store. She tripped or something and ended up coming into the store with an iMac. Smashed. She fell on it. All she wanted was some safari pop-ups to go away. She was broken. To fix it wouldn't have been worth it. My manager at the time was newish to Apple, but he loved making those Apple magic moments. We comped her everything. Brand new 27-inch iMac, data transfer, the works. Wow. Well, I've never witnessed anything like that happening <laughs> um, from an Apple genius, but it does strike me that that's um, part of, I guess, part of, uh, it's a strategy on Apple's part, isn't it? I mean, that's... I mean, not to that extent, but that somehow happened, I mean, with this iPhone. Uh, uh, so it's, I came back to the store and uh, uh, with Hugo. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so we, we and eventually showed that there, are, that there were pictures that were taken before the, uh, um, the warranty date ended. So uh, that was clearly the problem I had developed before. Because that, that's a common issue that, uh, that we find, I think, in... Uh, in quite a lot of uh, other problems, is that uh, the both the having dust on the, on the inside of the lens and the power button failing were a common problem for this phone, and to the point where Apple even eventually admitted the issue of the power button, not the one with the lens. Uh, and the problem is, how do you, I mean, uh, how do you show that it's it's a common problem, that it's probably a manufacturing yeah. problem and not. A user okay. Problem. In a sense, you need to create that social situation where it's de where, where the genius feels in some way uh, obliged to recognize the thing, the problem, and you think. I mean that's that <laughs> helps, but that's still not. I mean, uh, th again, the, the the genius with whom we dealt with, I mean, couldn't do anything. But eventually, we uh, we continued to go and discuss the situation with uh, his supervisor, uh -huh. and. Um, and that somehow uh, changed the situation mm. it, where, where the magic happened. <laughs> In a sense, this is a case of helping them make the right decision. And the internet really comes handy because we, when we were thinking how to figure this out uh, with David, actually we did a bit of research online and found out that someone had had good luck showing the symptoms appearing earlier than the end of warranty. So it was something that had worked in a previous store.
you're listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM, and we're, uh, it's a special episode where we're diving deep into the practices of Apple's uh, post-sales service and their genius practices. Um, and one of the things that definitely came up, and, uh, and, in, and also in this, this um, story, this legendary story about Steve Jobs, is that the way in which Apple recruits the people who, who work as quote-unquote geniuses and... Um, I think uh, if there's one thing that I took away from scanning uh, the Ask Me Anythings, it was very much that uh, Apple very, very much prioritizes working with um, people that can work through these social situations who are um, affable and, um, well, they're the, fa- they're the face of Apple. So Lauren's going to take us into, oops, Lauren's going to take us into um, one more st- uh, Reddit about that on making its customers feel welcome. Part of this is free stuff and part of this is the charisma of its employees. To become a genius, you go through a rigorous interview process. According to one ex-genius from 2014, this is intended to weed out antisocial and shy people. The selection criteria is much more focused on personality than it is on technical competence. The most recent ex-genius says... Technical knowledge going in is always a plus, but I can 100% tell you, you do not need any of it. Apple would rather take a blank slate with a personality and teach you all you need to know. Apple really believes in retention and development. So I suppose if anybody out there wants to become a genius, in fact, that's <laughs> that's um, some in some way... Uh, encouraging. Um, I definitely think that there's a certain amount of self-selection that must go into who applies to be a genius, though. You'd think a lot of people just think, oh, I, I'm maybe I'm more of a retail kind of person. Um, did, did any of the geniuses we talked to, Ugo, have any insight to add there? Well, clearly they were both uh, technical people. Um, and uh, one of them, uh, the one who worked uh, there in the earlier days, uh, referred to the Apple as in A-P-P-L-E steps of service or something like to see how Apple wants uh, their geniuses to, to work, to operate. And these points are approach customers with a personalized warm welcome, probe politely to understand all the customer's needs, present a solution for the customer to take home, listen for and resolve any issues and concerns, and with a fond far- farewell and an invitation to return. So very much uh, focusing on the customer care uh, like at maximum possible level. And the other one, the one that worked there more recently, um, mentioned uh, the importance of uh, providing more than one potential outcome or solution, and at times being even open about uh, sending people to a different uh, provider. Um, so in cases where they couldn't uh, provide a solution directly. So a third pa- sending people to third-party repair service so is, this or a is restart party. Right, <laughs> that, would be, <laughs> that would be the dream. So, okay, this is, uh, this is an interesting uh, case where, um, so in some cases, actually, I have to clarify. Um, in the earlier days, it was it's mentioned that uh, like mentioning an alternative provider was was indeed an option, like that a repair could be done by a third party. This is okay. Like it will cost you X at Apple, but it might cost you X minus something else at a third party. No, no. in case where Apple is not providing the uh-huh. service, okay. And in okay. fact, um, 
the person said, I, we wouldn't be uh, worried to send someone away if we couldn't provide a service that could otherwise be, be useful. Okay, but is this for what they call vintage and obsolete devices? That wasn't mentioned, so okay. I, I can't confirm. However, the, the one who worked there more recently said, ignoring situations where non-authorized repair might have solved the issue, damaged charging pin, headphone jack non-functional, it did occur, though advice is maybe not the right word. Um, so we weren't advising people not to repair. Options were continually stressed. Customers should always have options, even on the level of £79 to replace your screen with a four hours wait or replace the whole unit for £229. Okay, okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, given that I, I find that the the DIY option seems to almost never be on the table. And uh, there is almost a kind of anti-DIY bias, would you say? Well, certainly, if you do touch your device um, yourself, uh, you will no longer be covered by any warranty. And uh, they wouldn't even do any paid work on it mm -hmm. afterwards at okay. all. Okay. Well, one of the geniuses, uh, we'll, we'll just listen to this uh, genius who said, who had a very strong anti-tinkering bias. Really, Lauren found this great quote. Apple really believes in retention and development. The geniuses are made indispensable by the fact that people are advised not to perform repairs themselves. The poster from late 2015 is asked about updates and replies, you tinkered with it and now it doesn't work. Stop doing that. Plug it into iTunes and put it back the way Apple said you had to have it. Want to tinker? Get a phone for tinkerers. Many of the questions asked are from people aspiring to um, so Yeah, so I feel like um, that is a perfect example of, um, you know, don't, um, don't, go ahead, don't go ahead and tinker. Um, don't, don't do anything non-Apple authorized. And uh, it's a very strong message that came from, from that genius. Um, I think this message is reinforced by the fact that Apple does not provide parts to uh, end users or even to independent uh, repair repairers. Yeah, there, I definitely have a case myself when um, when I looked before returning to the Genius actually quite recently, I knew that I was close to the end of my uh, rights as an Apple customer. So I went to a third party and they pretty much identified the issue and said, look, we don't have access to affordable enough parts to deal with the situation. And Apple are pretty much the only ones who will have a part that will be able to resolve this for you. Um, so I, I think that that's the big issue. And also the issue related to the, um, we, we talked earlier in the beginning about the, uh, the mobile repairs and that Apple's made it difficult for independents to get in on that as well. Yeah, definitely. And and yet, they're not providing fixes for a number of problems that people have with these phones. So it's interesting because you would only be able to get some repairs done on your phone by them. And for the others, they would replace the device. And there's actually quite an interesting learning uh, from the geniuses that I've spoken to. Um, I asked them, so what happens to those devices when when you replace them in store. Because when David and I went to the store, uh, we were told something quite shocking. Uh, yeah, they, they would just, I mean, uh, exchange the device and then don't know really what happened to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, to the original phone. 
which was otherwise working fine. I mean, so most, most of its parts were, were, were still good. And I remember in one occasion I went there and I asked them, they said, oh, don't worry, it's going to be destroyed completely. And uh, so when I asked them, in, in both cases, both in the early days and uh, close last year, they don't exactly know. So they, all they know is that the device is taken and sent to depot and whatever that means. And they think that it means that it's taken to China for disassembly. And uh, to an extent, uh, people were told that uh, some of the parts would be reused uh, for repair or for remanufacturing devices. But there isn't a really clear cut uh, set of information about that. I think this brings to us a little bit towards the um, the, the notion of um, that I think what I took from the what I read on Reddit particularly is that a lot of people um, felt that they were very much not necessarily providing a technical service. They were in a sense like an interface um, and that their role was to very much perform a triage, very basic technical um, services and but in a sense, keep the flow going and serving hundreds and hundreds of people um, a day. I don't know when the last time you guys went to one was, but I've always seen just a huge amount of pressure on the queue and on the geniuses themselves. David? Uh, yeah, I mean, th th there's, th there, was, uh, there was lots of waiting time, waiting time even to book. And, uh, and I think I read on some AMA that the... Uh, uh, that in fact they they block some bookings that only the genius can uh, can use to try to relieve some pressure on that. But they they, they come back on uh, on uh, your experience, Janet, uh, where the repair the independent repair you saw couldn't get uh, a cheap uh, parts. Th there is kind of an interesting tension there because so they don't get parts from Apple. That's a known fact. But the the iPhone market is so huge that there are some uh, some Chinese manufacturers of parts for iPhones, uh, for iPhone repairs. And that, uh, and even so, so there is probably, in fact, better access to some parts for iPhones mm. than for some phones that don't have the market share that the Apple devices do have. Well, yeah, yeah. and it's very much like Ugo also said, yeah. which is that in my case, I was trying to get a computer repaired. Um, and there, there's much less potentially access to, to parts um, and that maybe Apple is actually even closing the loop in some way. Um, and one last remark I actually wanted to make was that the vast majority of the Apple repairs don't really happen within the Genius Bar or Grove uh, system. Apparently, uh, one of the Geniuses uh, mentioned that Apple Care and uh, the decentralized repairs play a much larger role than what happens in stores. So, you know, in a way, Apple, the good thing is it's a place where you can go and it doesn't exist for a lot of the other manufacturers in, in a similar way. And to follow up on the, on the issue of Apple Care and warranties, one thing that people might not realize as well is that it's really important where you purchase your product. The warranty uh, is related to the country where you purchase a product, not the country where you go for to have your, your product repaired. And so you can get, for instance, the EU two years warranty if you purchase your product in the EU. But if you bought it in Asia and go to uh, a repair shop in uh, an Apple Genius Bar in London, which was what happened for me, then you don't benefit from this uh, uh, warranty.
Yeah, it was a very timely comment about our rights as consumers, um, given that uh, the impending uh, Article 50 decision. Um, well, we hope that um, there will be no backpedaling and uh, protections for consumers. And we hope that this was a useful chat about how to um, how to get something more out of uh, Apple post-sale service, um, we'd encourage you to always do some more research. So be an informed uh, user or customer um, before you go to a Genius Bar. Do some research. See if anyone else has had the problem you've had prior. Um, and yes, be informed about your rights as a consumer um, and how long you've had the device. And uh, be prepared to create a positive <laughs> situation. You could get a positive result. You may also not. And we'd be interested to hear your comments as uh, users of uh, Apple service. And, and don't give up the f after the first time. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, you've been listening to Restart Radio. And if you need help, peer-to-peer uh, -peer help, community help with a gadget that has a battery or a plug, we have a couple upcoming events called Restart Parties. Ugo? Yes, the first coming up is in Tooting on Saturday, April the 1st from 2 p.m. at Mushkil Asan. And we also have a special training, a special Rosie the Restarter Skillshare for women on March the 27th on privacy and security online. you find more information on our meetup. And you can find more information on the restartproject.org or our tweet, Restart Project, and on Facebook, the Restart Project. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.